0: What's up everybody? Welcome to the Pick Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Today is week 10 DFS coverage. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. If you have questions you want to ask, we're doing a uh, mid-season mailbag coming up, uh, very soon, I believe. So if you want to get those questions in, do it now. Um, and while you're, you know, while you're subscribing to stuff, go ahead and, uh, go check out this week's episode of the All Things Covered Podcast with Patrick Peterson. Who is the cousin of our good friend Bryant McFadden? The guys chat with former All-Pro wide receiver Brandon Marshall and cover everything from his rocky relationship with Jay Cutler to his memorable 21 catch, 200 yard, two touchdown performance for the Colts in 2009. Imagine the DFS points in that one! Yeah, they would be a million maker winner. Um, Brandon Marshall never made the playoffs, by the way. It's the weirdest stat of all time. Download and subscribe the All Things Covered podcast wherever you can find podcasts to get this episode. All right, joining me to talk DFS. Keith
1: Cummings, Frank Sample, What's up, fellas? Yo, what's going on, Will? Fun fact, Brandon Marshall almost made the playoffs when he was with the Jets, but he got Ryan fitzpatrick mm. Remember that snow game, final game of the season? The needs oh, that's the right. I remember it very vividly because, unfortunately, I'm a Jets fan, but yeah. Frank, he did okay. say that his favorite quarterback to play with was Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, how could it not be, right? <laughs> the guy just goes out there and wings it. Give you a bunch of jump balls. Why not?
2: What is this Ryan Fitzpatrick slander coming from Frank? Like, everybody loves Ryan Fitzpatrick. Give him the program.
1: Well, everyone loves Ryan Fitzpatrick until he's the quarterback that's on your team.
0: Yeah, Heath, there's no Brandon Marshall slander. I mean, excuse me, no Ryan Fitzpatrick slander. Quick, 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 quick review of last week. Uh, Drew Locke, Jerry Judy was the uh, winning game, st- the winning stack for the Millie Maker, and you needed to have Dalvin Cook, more than likely. He was 40% owned in that contest, put up a 42. Christian McCaffrey, just 6% owned, put up a 37. Thanks for nothing, Carolina Panthers, for leaking out that you were going to split reps uh, with Mike Davis. The guy who actually won didn't even have a bring back on Judy and Locke. Um, I had some Judy and Locke, and I didn't play them with anyone good. So
1: that was kind of disappointing. I'm sorry, Will, but... If you managed to cash last week and you had one of David Johnson or Justin Jackson in your lineup, give yourself a pat on the back.
0: I just don't keep it. Like if I'm going to, this is my, I gotta, I gotta think through this stuff a little more clearly. If I want to do Judy and Locke, which is clearly not going to be a heavily owned stack, I really have to go with the chalk on Dalvin Cook. Like you don't, like I, you don't need to differentiate yourself that much. Like that was the that if I I went with Derrick Henry in this lineup with Locke and Judy, and if I just go on with Dalvin Cook. I think that it probably
2: cashes pretty good. If you had played the chalk around them, though, you would have played Chase Edmonds, right? No, I didn't really have a lot of Chase Edmonds. I sort of thought he might bust. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was underweight on
1: Chase Edmonds too, so I got lucky there. But, I had,
2: uh, yeah, I had none of the Justin Jackson, but a ton of the Chase Edmonds.
1: And Will, didn't you have Dalvin Cook as your chalk play of the week last week on this very show? Yeah, just don't listen to myself. <laughs> don't listen to myself. I need, like, a, I need.
0: It's like, it's like uh I, I do this a lot. I do this with. uh In June, my feelings on certain things that will happen in fantasy are like usually end up being pretty good for the coming season. And then in August, when I actually draft, I come over with guys I don't want, like based on preseason hype. So the same thing happens from Wednesday to Sunday. Do what I say, not what I do. Pretty much, yeah. Do um, any takeaways from you guys from last week before we jump into the first games?
2: Cool. You don't have to fade the chalk.
0: You don't. You really don't. All right. Well, let's talk about the chalk because the Bills and Cardinals is going to be chalky. Kyler Murray blew up the slate on Sunday afternoon, uh, nearly had the double bonus, 300 r- passing and 100 rushing. I think he came just shy of that. Four total touchdowns, I think. He was fantastic, and uh, he still they still lost. But I would imagine that Kyler at $8,000, the top price quarterback, will still be popular this week because he's playing against a Bills defense that, frankly, isn't very good. Uh, would you rather have Kyler at 8,000 or take the discount down to 7,500 on Josh Allen, Heath? Kyler.
2: Yeah, I would. Um, I'd, I'm going to play a lot of both of them. Like probably 40% of my lineups will be Josh Allen or Kyler Murray. And you can do that. I mean, you can build a lot of lineups with Kyler and then just make the $500 switch and you may change one other player. Um, so I'll be doing that a lot. This is not shock that I think you need to fade. But Kyler is. I think it's just like, especially for us, when most of our leagues are six points per pass touchdown, it's easy to forget how much better Kyler is in this format.
1: Yeah, I love Kyler Murray and Josh Allen in the spot. Kyler 8K, Josh Allen 7,500. They will be my two highest owned quarterbacks uh this week. And saw some really interesting stats from Jacob Gibbs of Sportsline uh, regarding Josh Allen. Arizona is top five in the NFL in both man coverage and press coverage rates. Allen is has the fifth best completion percentage and the second best yards per attempt versus man coverage this season, uh, and then Kyler Murray is on pace for over a thousand rushing yards and sixteen rushing touchdowns. So, uh, yeah, back to back games over forty one DK points for Kyler. Uh, I will have a lot of both of these quarterbacks. Uh, Heath, does
0: do you feel like Kyler Murray is a is he required to stack? You, are you required to stack a wide receiver with Kyler Murray and or? if you're stacking with DeAndre Hopkins, are you concerned at all that he's been fairly inconsistent the last few
2: weeks? Like you're not required to any quarterback that gets as much of their production with rushing um, means that you're not required to, but I do kind of think this is a spot where I would want to go back to Hopkins just because I think there may be some people that are concerned about how Christian Kirk's been better than he has. And actually what's happened, it's been the target share um, and I felt really dumb the first month of the season for having any questions about whether DeAndre Hopkins would get thirty percent of the target share or not. And now, all of a sudden, that Christian Kirk's healthy. He's not. Um, but I, yeah, I will. I'll have some Hopkins. Um, and really, Allen kind of is the same way. Like, you don't have to stack with Josh Allen. It wouldn't be that surprising if he had a two-passing touchdown, two-rushing touchdown day, and the passing touchdowns went to different guys, and neither Diggs nor John Brown nor Cole Beasley had to be in your lineup with him.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree with that.
1: Yeah, just regarding DeAndre Hopkins, it was uh, weeks one to four. He had a 34% target share, and from weeks five to nine, he has a 24% target share. So that is... Dropped precipitously.
0: If you sta if you do stack Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins, is it
2: bringing back with Stefan Diggs even a viable option or is that just too expensive given all? Well, like, I think and the one guy we haven't talked about yet, you said you were off Chase Edmonds last week. If Kenyon Drake doesn't come back, it's definitely Chase Edmonds week just because he was so awful with 40% ownership last week. Um, That's true. I think there's enough value at running back. We're going to have Mike Davis. At the, at the minimum, because they thought Christian McCaffrey was back and they dropped his price all the way down to $4,000. Oh. We're going to have probably another week of Team Geo. We may have Duke Johnson week. So yeah, I, I think there, it's not too expensive to do that.
0: Okay. I like it. I mean, that's, that's a pretty massive, like the upside to Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins and Stefan Diggs. No offense to the guy, the aforementioned Patrick Peterson, but he has not been a dominant cover, cover, you know, cover corner, uh, this year. Although he did shut down DK Metcalf. Everybody knows that, but like, I feel like Stefan Diggs can probably eat against Patrick Peterson and that that could be like the upside there is, is 120 points from those three guys to be perfectly frank. Yep. which is insane. Uh, Seahawks at Rams. The Rams are minus one and a half. The over under 55 and a half. Uh, who is the Millie maker quarterback this week and Why
2: is it Jared Goff, Heath? Is it kind of weird anybody else that the Rams are favored? Seahawks defense is really bad. Yeah. but Have the Rams beat anyone that's good this year? Um, the I can't. Like and, like that's neither here or there. We're not, this is not a gambling show, but uh, like the, the line feels weird to me. It, Jared Goff's not a bad bet, especially you can pair him up with Cup or Woods or both. Uh, the guy I'm most interested in playing in this game is Tyler Lockett because I'm just going to keep playing Tyler Lockett until he smashes.
0: <laughs> and to answer your question, no, the Rams have not beaten anybody good. They've beaten the Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, Washington football
2: team, and Bears. So they swept the NFC East and beat the Bears.
1: Yikes. That's and last time we saw them, Jared Goff was getting eaten alive by the Miami Dolphins.
0: They have scored 20 points against the Cowboys, 17 points against the Giants, 16 points against the 49ers, 17 points against the Dolphins.
1: Yeah, that's why, <clears throat> like, it's a good spot for Jared Goff on paper. It's such a great matchup, but even, like 6,500, it's. Not a great price, so I'd still rather just pay up for those other quarterbacks we've talked about. Uh, I do like his wide receivers. I think that they can have great games, even even if Goff doesn't, because he could turn the ball over a few times. So Cup sixty nine hundred, wood sixty six hundred, definitely in play. Tyler Lockett at sixty five. I mean, I agree with Heath to a degree in GPPs because we know what the upside could be for Lockett, but his floor is pretty low right now as well. So probably uh, probably get away from him in cash. Is there, is it, I mean, I
0: would, I'm going to assume that they're going to have Jalen Ramsey shadow DK Metcalf. But yep. I, I mean, does it even
2: matter? Like he, I, I am not sure it matters. He's insane. It, he's it a, doesn't matter enough to sit him in your redraft league. I think it matters enough for me to not play him in DFS.
1: Yeah. I think that's well said, especially when his price is $7,600.
0: Okay. Um, and you're, are you comfortable playing Russell Wilson
2: as, as your quarterback? Uh, I'm not anti Russell Wilson, but I'm not currently planning on having a very large chunk of him.
1: Yeah, he's 7,700. I'd much rather just take the $200 savings on Josh Allen. Oh, reminder: the game with uh, between Josh Allen and Kyler Murray is in a dome too. So, good point. Well, this game's
0: in LA, so that's yeah. that's good news too.
1: Right. Um. Okay. Moving along.
0: To the Texans and Browns, you mentioned Dome and we talked about LA weather, which should be nice. You know what won't be nice? Weather in Cleveland. I actually bet, just bet this under this under apparently got, um, uh, I don't know if the phrase I was t- talking about it with some people and they used it. Some, some guys who were sharp bettors and who watched, you know, where the money goes and when totals move. And I can't use the phrase for how this total got handled on Wednesday morning, but I believe, uh, skull blanked is the best the best way that you could put it because the total was like 55, got banged down to 51 because people started looking at the weather report in Cleveland, and I was thinking, oh, man, like Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller might go under the radar with Kyler and Ross and Jared Goff and Josh Allen, and then no chance. You can't do it. It's 20-plus mile-per-hour winds and looks like fairly heavy rain from 1 to 2.30 p.m. It is the exact same game that we saw between the Raiders and the Browns a few weeks ago in which there were no points. There was some rushing success by the Raiders. The Browns, for whatever reason, let Baker Mayfield throw a little bit. But, I mean, I think the only viable pathway to to Sean Watson paying off his not that expensive price, I guess he's like mid-tier price, would be the Browns running the ball a bunch, Wind cooling down in the,
2: in the, or like the, him getting some decent wind. I, I just can't, you can't play him this wind, right? Well, like that, that's the thing. And this is being recorded on Wednesday. You're hearing it on Thursday. I don't really trust weather reports five days from now. Sure. And so I'm like, barring weather, I feel like Deshaun Watson, we might have a weird chance for him to be contrarian. Because you've got the half the people that are going to play cheap quarterbacks and the half the people that are going to play Kyler and Josh Allen doesn't leave very much room for Deshaun Watson. Now, if it's definitely going to be raining on Sunday morning and 20-mile-an-hour and winds, then I'll change my tune. But, no, I, I really liked this. I agree with you. I like this spot for Watson, Fuller, and Cooks. Um, but that would that would be a problem.
0: Yeah, how, about for the, sure. how about the running backs, Frank? Because the... – DraftKings did us no favors, pricing Nick Chubb coming off IR at 6,800 and then Kareem Hunt one, one spot below him at 6,700. So you basically now, what, is it possible to play both of them?
1: I mean, that is super contrarian. I, I would lean towards no, it is a great matchup against Houston, but. Uh, Chubb at 68 and Kareem Hunt at 67. We just spoke about Chase Edmonds. If there's no Kenyon Drake, I mean, he's cheaper than both of those guys and just came off a game where he played 96% of the snaps. So uh if I'm just comparing other running backs in this price range, I'd much rather have Edmonds. Uh, but it is a great matchup. If I'm leaning towards one of them, I still would lean towards Kareem Hunt in Nick Chubb's first game back. And Heath brought up Duke Johnson, $5,000 on DraftKings. If there's no David Johnson, which as of now on Wednesday... He didn't practice, still in concussion protocol. It's not looking good for him. Uh, Duke Johnson just, just played 80% of the snaps last week and had 20 touches with four targets. So, and it's a revenge game on top of that. Keith, you're the,
0: you're the Kareem Hunt champion. Um, what, how do you think the split looks for these guys? And the, the only reason I suggest playing both is that I, I think Kevin Stefanski will have learned his lesson from that Raiders game in bad weather and against what is honestly might be the ru- worst rush defense in football. If they each get 15 carries and two or three oh, catches.
2: Yeah, it, it could definitely work out. Um, I, the, the weather would have to be bad for me to do it because I think the only way it works out is if Deshaun Watson has a bad game. Correct. Um, if Watson's putting up points like I think he could against the secondary, then I don't think it's going to be a very good plan. I would prefer Hunt still. I think the 15 carries a piece thing, that's what they said in the offseason they wanted to do. I would expect Hunt's going to be right there with Chubb in terms of the carries. Hunt Chubb, Hunt will be the one that gets more catches. And so I agree with Frank. If I was going to play one of them, Hunt would be the one I'd play.
0: I agree. And uh but I think there is a chance that Chubb will be extremely underowned. It just depends on we need to sort of, you need to sort of read the tea leaves, try to see what the Browns coaching staff says about him coming into the weekend. Broncos at Raiders. Raiders minus five, over, under fifty, one and a half. Uh as I mentioned, Drew Locke was the Millie maker last week. He now has six passing touchdowns in the last two fourth quarters. That is wild and just not something that you see very often. It's not indicative. It, it, it would not seem to me to be indicative of uh like, you know sustainable long-term success. You, you basically you just have to wait till his team gets down, he throws it all around.
2: My favorite Drew Locke stat, because and I, I talked about him as a streamer last week. He averaged 9.5, now it's 9.4, air yards per attempt, which is tops in the NFL. He averages 3.4 completed air yards per attempt, which is 31st in the NFL. He has the most off-target throws so far this season. So he's going downfield. Not very many of those are um, hitting their intended target. I am actually a little bit scared of him, especially if everybody, if he's going to turn into something that's like a chalky type play. I would rather play Derek Carr.
1: Ooh. Yeah, I was going to say, if you do want to spend down at quarterback this week, I think the two sub 6K quarterbacks to target are the quarterbacks in this game. Derek Carr and Drew Locke.
0: I would agree with that. Do you, do you believe that it does feel like, I mean, look, if you, Drew Locke won the Millie Maker. He's going to be more popular than he was last week. He's playing against a bad Raiders defense. Like, he, I mean, if they're trailing, he'll, it may, he might be the king YOLO quarterback in the NFL right now, as, well, as Heath points out. I mean, that's just, he's just sort of chunking it deep. You know, now I will say this. I think Jerry Judy appears to be a very viable, like, just play moving forward. Like, he's getting his targets are up. He's one of the, like, uh, uh, Sam Monson of PFF. Claimed that he he thinks Judy's one of the top five route runners in football right now already, which is insane. I'm not sure that you can necessarily argue with it. I mean, his route running is incredible. Uh, it's just a question of will the Broncos like it, is there
2: there's a I think there's a pathway where this game is slower than people think. Like maybe they don't fall down by 21. Like that's the thing is how how much of his production you've said the touchdowns, but even yardage wise. So much of his production comes in garbage time. I don't know that I want to count on them having garbage time against the Raiders.
1: Yeah. I think that's the biggest takeaway is are they going to be trailing by enough for drew lock to just be let loose and, and throw all over the place. Like he has the past two weeks, the Raiders are five point favorites in this game. They have a good offense. I think they're a solid team in general but are they going to be blowing out the Broncos heading into the fourth quarter? I would lean towards no and just to hit on your Jerry Judy point Will, I do think that he is just a viable play moving forward. He's still just 5,600 the target share over the past two weeks is up to 29% and specifically during that time he's been moved outside. So it was the first seven weeks of the season he played 74% of his routes in the slot. Over the past two weeks that's dropped to just 13.5% so they moved him outside. He's seeing a ton of air yards and he's dominating in that area of the field and you mentioned it's a pretty good matchup we just saw keenan allen dominate uh, as an alpha wide receiver against this raiders defense so i said i love judy at 56
2: i um i just did some some back of the envelope math so this could be slightly wrong but by my estimation 201 yards of drew locks passing production came after they fell down by 21 points late in the third quarter Whew.
0: and i i do think that's true like this is not I mean, they could easily fall down in a big way. Like the Broncos defense isn't exceptional and Derek Carr and the Raiders
2: are scoring points. Um, I think there's a good chance that Josh Jacobs could go nuts here too. Yeah. If they would just like maybe stop running Devontae Booker out there for 30% of the snaps. Yeah. That's a very frustrating move. I, in fact, I think that Drew Locke and
0: if you, if you if you're dead set on playing Jerry, Jerry Judy and Drew Locke as a stack. A, a viable bringback doesn't even have to be Henry Ruggs or Darren Waller, or
1: you know, it can be J- Josh Jacobs. Yep. Yeah, it could be at 6,500. I, I don't love the price there, especially because his target share has gone down the past couple of weeks uh, and just his usage in general. So, uh, yeah, like he would just have to break off some really long runs, and Devontae Booker has to get out of the way. But again, I'll just keep comparing everyone to Chase Edmonds in this range, who I'd much rather have for $200 cheaper. Um,
2: it is a revenge game for Devonte Booker. So keep that in mind.
1: <laughs>
0: uh,
1: all right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll rip
0: through the rest of the games. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of new balance clutch athletics and rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community with rising defensive stars. Will Anderson and chase young on the roster clutch athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes
3: Legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit RobertHalf.com today. All right. Jaguars at the Packers. A, another
0: weather game looking like. And again, we record this on Wednesday. Weather forecast or just like election forecast. Auspicious at best. The wind is staring at 21 plus, uh, 21, 20, 20 miles an hour plus starting at 1 p.m. or so, it does look like rain will die off in time for this game. But I think the wind at least calls into question whether or not, Heath, you are willing to roll out super stack options, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, in a game that could turn so one-sided that there's just not enough volume for them to pay off.
2: This this would make it a little bit easier for me um, because they, they've had some one-sided games lately and Devontae Adams has mostly been the reason they've been one-sided. Yes. His worst game in his last three is 30.3 DraftKings points. Sheesh. He's played five complete games. One of them he left early. He has one of those five games below 30 DraftKings points. Three with more than 36. Um, even at $9,000, you can't hardly afford to fade that in ideal conditions. And that's one of the problems I have with the Hopkins digs bring back is it means you can't play Devonte Adams and he's probably going to be better than both of them if everything's okay. So the weather being a problem would actually make things a little easier. I think.
1: Yeah. Even at $9,000 Adams is the, the top wide receiver that I want to spend up on this week, and and it's not close the last time we had weather concerns in Green Bay was in week eight and Devonta Adams had 30 DraftKings points in that game as well and he has a 34 percent target share in the NFL which obviously leads all pass catchers uh, he has double digit targets in 15 of his last 17 games including the postseason last year so it's just really hard to get away from that Aaron Rodgers I don't think you have to stack Aaron Rodgers with Devonta Adams because even if Rodgers only throws for like Two seventy-five and two, most of that is going to go to Devonte Adams anyway. So I don't think you necessarily have to stack Rodgers with Adams.
0: That's a good point, actually. Adams uh, is just just play him stand alone and go get one of those other quarterbacks. And Rodgers is not going to have a ton of value outside of Adams. Now, if he goes for two seventy-five and yeah, 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 that's a good point.
2: Um, oh, uh, I, we almost left this game without talking about the fact that Aaron Jones is like my, my favorite player on the entire slate. Oh really? I was just going to say my favorite contrarian play on the slate might be Jamal Williams. Oh, how come? Now that's a running back duo you could play both of. Ooh. Jamal Williams is only $4,000. When those two are both healthy, there's generally 10 touches for Williams and again they might be ahead by 30 at halftime, there might be 15 touches for Williams. You could play both of their both the running
0: backs and the Packers defense. The one thing that struck me about the last time the Packers play, is that they played played Minnesota last week? Why am I forgetting who they played? San
1: Francisco on Thursday night.
0: Yeah. yeah, Okay. That's right. They throttled San Francisco. Aaron Jones was a late, uh, like a late start and it seemed like he wouldn't get much time and they, they sort of gave him like the full run out there. So I just wonder, like, will they be taking Aaron Jones off the field in the second half if they're up big against the Jaguars? That would be the concern. And that's, that's why I guess Jamal Williams at 4,000. He's going to get touches no matter what, especially in the passing game. And maybe they get up a, a big lead and they just give it to Jamal Williams. Is that your your uh, logic there, Heath?
2: Yeah, because that when they gave Aaron Jones a lot more work than we expected, they came into that game with Aaron Jones, Tyler Irvin, and Dexter Williams. And Dexter Williams got hurt on like the second play of the game or something. So it was just Aaron Jones and Tyler Irvin. Um, I I think I I feel I feel pretty confident Jamal Williams will get ten touches in this game. That's not enough to be a good player at running back usually. But against Jacksonville in this offense, it might be.
1: All right. Uh, you can't mess with Jacksonville, I don't think. Right, Frank? I mean, Luton looked pretty good last week. DJ Chark's salary is up to 6200 You have to follow the weather here. Uh, and the fact that if Jair Alexander is out with a concussion, then okay, I think that you can go back to DJ Chark. But there are a lot of different things in play here that you have to pay attention to uh, heading into this game. Buccaneers minus five at the Panthers over under 50 and a half. Is
0: this a bounce box spot for Tom Brady
2: Heath? Eh, I don't, he wasn't very good the last time he faced Carolina. They're much worse against the run. They are against the pass. There's some weird stuff going on there with Bruce Arians doing whatever he can to leak out that he doesn't really want Antonio Brown to play as much, and Tom Brady doing whatever he can to leak out that he wants to throw the ball 12 times a game to Antonio Brown. So I'm probably staying away from Tampa Bay in this game. Um, I think, like I said, that Mike Davis is pretty much just the you're playing Mike Davis at $4,000, everyone else is playing Mike Davis. For, pretend like there's no flex this week, and you're just playing a, a different, slightly different game. Everyone has Mike Davis.
0: Okay. I mean, he's going to be like seventy percent owned, right? If McCaffrey didn't play.
2: I would assume, but four thousand dollars at twenty touches. What's the what's the ratio there?
1: Yeah, yeah. He's four K, and in the games without Christian McCaffrey this year, he played about eighty percent of the snaps. And the one area, while the Bucks defense is very good against the run. Where they do struggle is against uh, pass-catching running backs. They allow 59 receptions to running backs, which is tied for second most in the NFL.
0: What did he have? Did, did McCaffrey play the last time against Tampa Bay? I don't think he he got hurt that he game. He right? against Tampa Bay. That's right. And then Mike Davis had eight targets for 74. Eight targets, eight catches, 74 yards. Everybody was like, wow, maybe Mike Davis is a thing. And then he was absolutely a thing for the next three weeks. Or more, actually, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I, I think you kind of have to roll with the Mike Davis free square there. Yep. I have no
1: interest in any of the
0: Buccaneers' pass catchers.
1: I do not either. Because I think that this game is like a sneaky GPP stack game, though. Like, for all the reasons that Heath mentioned, people are probably going to be off this game. The, the Panthers' defense just got shredded by Patrick Mahomes. Everyone gets shredded by Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but given the pass catchers that they do have, I mean, there's talent on both sides of the field, and everybody in this game is very affordable. Robbie Anderson, 6,100. DJ Moore, 5,100. Uh Chris Godwin is only 6K, so it's a sneaky stack game in GPPs. So what would your stack be? That's <laughs> <laughs> a fair question. Uh, but I mean, probably, like, Is it Brady
0: and Mike Evans with Mike Davis coming back?
1: No, it, it would probably be Brady and Godwin with Mike Davis and one of DJ Moore at 51 or Curtis Samuel at 4,900.
0: 51 feels expensive for a DJ Moore who just came off. Like a no target, I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, oh, the, the totals fifty and a half. Weather in Charlotte looks fine, but I, the Panthers the the distribution of the Panthers pass catchers is just sort of tough to pinpoint. I think at this point, although maybe it regresses to pre CMC, the situation where it's it's all Robbie. You know, I mean, they were stackable. You, you stack all
1: three of them against the like stack three of them against the Falcons previously. I think the Buccaneers will obviously better defense, but. Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, the last time they played, both Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore went over 100 yards. That's fair. Yeah, it's fair. All right, Uh, 49ers
0: at the Saints. The Saints minus nine and a half. The over under 50. Is Kamara too expensive, Heath, with Michael Thomas back?
2: I think he probably is, especially when you look at Aaron Jones being less and all the other value that we have at running back this week. I I don't anticipate having much, if any, of Alan Kamara.
1: Yeah, I think that makes sense, and it's hard to take much away from last week just because they were blowing the bucks out the way that they were. So, yes, Kamara only saw six targets, and people might say, "All right, well, yeah, that's because Michael Thomas was back." But I think that they were, you know, by the fourth quarter, you know, they didn't really have their starters out on the field anyway, so can't really take much away from that.
0: I think a contrarian play for this particular game. Is Latavius Murray basically in the Jamal Williams mold that, that Heath mentioned. Now you're not like, you're not just running wild all over, uh, San Francisco the way that you would against Jacksonville, but I think it's possible that the 49ers, the, the Saints just get a lead here and just feed, um, you know, just feed Latavius Murray in the second half.
2: I, I kind of like it. At the very least, he could get you a touchdown. And I was just looking for – you know how I like to build these lineups um, while we're talking. Oh, yeah. And I was trying to see if it was possible to do the diggs hopkins Devonte Adams trio with Ooh. Kyler. <laughs> it is. You play Mike Davis, Jamal Williams, and Latavius Murray.
0: At the, As your flex. As your flex. And then have those three receivers –
2: Raiders, yeah, D- Raiders DST against the least accurate quarterback in football, Drew Luck. And Carter. Logan Thomas at tight end. I mean, are you comfortable with each of us winning $333,000? I think we just found it. I, I mean, mean <laughs> unfortunately, there's going to be hundreds of people playing that lineup now. I mean, I know everybody, podcast. Yes. <laughs> Can you
0: imagine if you were like, if you finished first in the Millie Maker and you had to chop it like 14 ways? I'd, I'd be pretty be happy. Yeah, sure. Pretty I happy. Th- I, I mean, I was saying like you came up with like a really unique lineup and because you gave it out on a podcast, like you had, or like,
2: had a, like what I was just thinking actually was, am I going to hit enter now on this lineup I've built, or am I going to take the risk that 13 listeners are going to chop it up and I'm not going to get any of it. I think one of my problems
0: with DFS <laughs> is that I will at various points throughout the week or the weekend, create a lineup that I look, at I'm like, this is it. And then I'm like two. And then I like, I'll start to tweak, but I'm like, no, nah, like I can't handle like if these guys all go off, <laughs> and then I leave it, I leave it there, and then it stinks. I don't know. It's, just, it's a no win yeah, situation. I have to enter this one. I think you have to enter that one. Okay. I'm even perfectly comfortable with us not entering it and stealing it from Keith, but. <laughs> <I think laughs> anyway. Uh Okay, moving along. Uh, any interest in like, uh, I mean, Ross Dwelly? I,
1: I want to see what happens with the Forty ers pass catchers and. See if everyone is back after their COVID concerns, but uh, Richie James was awesome last week and he's $4,000. So
2: he He could go in the Latavius Murray or Jamal Williams spot if you don't like them as much. Yeah. Now I've got to build four different variations of this lineup. (laughs) This is getting (laughs) expensive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She's got a hundred dollars entered in. I mean, I need to hit something this weekend to make up for what I'm going to lose in this golf tournament. Um, by the way, check out the first cut podcast. It'll be recapping the round one. Every single round, actually they have, you know, it's probably too late for, for your picks because you're listening to this on Thursday and the Masters is presumably already teed off, although weather may make it wait until like 1 PM before they actually get off the, the tee box. However, the first Cut podcast will be recapping every single round live from Augusta. That's right. COVID concerns? No. Cal Porter's down there in Augusta. Hate to have the, you know, one of the few guys within driving distance go down there and cover the tournament. Fortunately, you don't have anybody like that who loves golf and knows the way, knows his way around Augusta really well. Freaking people! Chargers at the. I'm not better. Chargers at Dolphins. I didn't ask either. Chargers at Dolphins. Dolphins minus two and a half. Over under 48. Does the Dolphins defense scare you off coming back to Justin Herbert and and Keenan Allen? Herbert 6600. So Herbert is on pace. I said this on the on on yesterday's show with Brady Quinn. He's on pace to complete 67% of his passes, throw for 4900 yards, 39 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. Three times in NFL history has somebody thrown for, completed 67% of their passes, thrown for 4,900 yards, 30, uh, six touchdowns. I think I entered in and less than 15 picks. It's Drew Brees in 2011 and Drew Brees and Peyton Manning in 2013. Like that's his, he's not on pace with that. Sorry. That's his 16 game, uh, 16 game pace. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. So I guess the
2: question is, would you play Justin Herbert? I'm not planning on it, Frank. Are you? <laughs>
1: Uh, no, look, I've been really impressed by this, uh, by this Dolphins defense. So it's hard to pay up for Herbert at the price that he is, which is 6,600. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd rather just go all the way up to one of Kyler Murray or Josh Allen, if I'm doing that.
2: I'd rather play Tua and I'd rather play Tua than Drew Locke as well. And the thing I kind of like about it is the stacking with Miami is a lot easier now that Preston Williams is on IR. And I hate that because I love Preston Williams, but I I kind of like the idea of a Tua-Parker-Gasicki stack because they might have to throw it more than they want to, and they don't really have anybody else to throw it to. I'll
1: throw a name out there for you, Heath. Jakeem Grant is $3,000. He is the stone minimum.
2: So I can upgrade Logan Thomas to Evan Ingram if I drop down from Latavius Murray to Jakeem Grant. Ooh, I like that. I And you could get the special teams touchdown from Jakeem Grant.
0: That's true. Um I Jakeem Grant was we have we're gonna have a super value play of the week in a second. He was one of the guys I had under consideration for super value play of the week. He's I I think with Preston Williams out, he could see I think he saw like five or six targets last week. And much of different defensive environment. The Chargers are not a good defensive team. We think they are, but they're not. And they want to run, but they can't. So they just throw it deep with Justin Herbert. It ends up being a shootout every week. I like it. Uh Eagles at Giants over under 44 and a half. Uh, I, for the first time, I think in the history of my life, I went through and made notes on every single game, uh, of the DFS podcast and I made no notes for this one. So I don't know if you do any, is there anything here you like? I mean, the 44 and a half over under screen, the NFC East games just shouldn't be really in play. Um, James Bradbury has been very good. Uh, you know, I think you could play the Eagles defense here, certainly, but they're expensive. Um, I, I just don't know that I'd, I, I could, I, don't, I don't, is Carson Wentz gonna be dynamic? I don't know. This game I like Evan Ingram, okay. To- okay.
1: Yeah, I like Ingram at 4,500. I don't mind Sterling Shepard at 5,000. Uh, and Jalen Rager, I think, is pretty sneaky at 4,200. I think Bradbury will probably be shadowing Fulgham. And we saw last week, uh, Jalen Rager, two weeks ago, rather, they had a bye last week. Uh, Jalen Rager scored a touchdown. So I like him at 4,200.
0: Okay. Uh, Bengals and Bengals Steelers are off the board. A lot of COVID concerns. Big Ben on the COVID list, obviously. And then some Cincinnati players popping up on there as well. So I'm not sure I love the idea of getting involved in this game. Joe Burrow feels like he'd be under pre- a lot of pressure. And we saw him against the Ravens. And they're a better secondary. But when you, you know, bad offensive line, rookie quarterback, difficult environment, difficult defense. It just doesn't seem like a good spot. And I don't see how you can trust Big Ben
2: Maybe Juju Smith Schuster or James Conner. Yeah, and maybe Team Geo. Because Joe Mixon's still not practicing as of Wednesday. If, if Mixon's out, like literally every single time Joe Mixon's been out, Giovanni Bernard's been good. Regardless of matchup. Yep.
1: Yeah, and Geo's just 5,400, so he's probably the name to pay attention here. There's not really anything else that I like, personally.
0: I cannot possibly fathom being interested in the Washington lions game also at the board because Matthew Stafford has COVID concerns. Maybe I may, I I take that back. I think you could talk me into Kenny Galladay if he, if he plays, but I don't think we know that he's playing for sure. Right.
1: No, we don't know as of now on Wednesday, but uh, I will just throw JD McKissick's name out there. He's 4,900 and he had 14 targets. So especially with Alex Smith, we know he's captain check down. He doesn't like to push the ball down the field. Um, at, you know, hey, if if I'm getting like eight to ten targets at 4900 from a running back, it's pretty interesting. That's fair. And the Lions' defense is just
0: flat out awful. Uh, oh, actually, I take it back. Terry McLaurin would be. I would. I would play Terry McLaurin again. Yeah, McLaurin for sure. Yeah, I mean, he paid off his price last week in a bad matchup, um, and it took a long, late touchdown for it to get there. But he was in the millie maker lineup because he, he wasn't very young, so that that works out. Uh, chalk play of the week. You don't care. You're playing it anyway. Heath, we got Mike Davis.
1: Yeah, he's one of the ones, uh, that I have written down as well, but I'm going to go with Aaron Jones, 7,100.
0: Yeah, I have Aaron Jones as well. So, uh, I guess I could switch. Oh, I'd say Kyler. I'll say Kyler Murray. Do chalk? He's chalky, right?
2: I think so. Yeah. Very much so.
0: Okay. I just think Kyler Murray is going to pay off his price against a bad Buffalo team. Yeah. Uh, and a super value play, which means less than $4,000
2: on DraftKings Heath. I don't have Jakeem Grant, by the way, so you can do that if you want. So exactly 4,000 does not work for this? No, 4,000 works. Any 4,000 or less? I'll go with Jamal Williams then. I wish you'd been like, I'm also going to go with Mike Davis.
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Jakeem Grant at 3,000.
0: Cool. Uh, I will take Josh Reynolds. I think that's going to be a highly concentrated. I think it's a cheap contrarian play where you're going to see a lot of people have golf and cooks and Robert Woods because it's against a bad Seahawks defense and maybe Josh Reynolds, who I think has nine targets in back to back games could actually end up and then two touch touchdown each of the two weeks before that could actually end up being a guy who produces. And every time he catches the ball, that's something, you know, that's leverage against the field at a very cheap price tag.
1: That is actually the other name that I have written down aside from Jakeem Grant. Oh, so, that was the other name down besides
0: Shaquem Graham as well. So we're on the same page here with those cheap guys. I can't wait to not play them on Sunday because um, I forget.
2: Beer. Any beer, Heath? A couple of beers, yeah. I ran into some uh Ghost in the Machine recently, which is just incredible. One of my favorite beers. I believe it's out of uh, Louisiana, right? Parish. Sounds right. Um, fan, they make fantastic beers and it's fantastic and then I went to Saltwater um, a couple of weeks ago had their Hazy Shark, one of my favorite hazies
1: down here in South Florida
0: nice, Frank
1: what sour did you
0: partake this week?
1: yeah, it was a sour, I'm, I'm becoming <laughs> predictable I went back to the sampler again, anyone who lives in Brooklyn or Queens in New York you should hit it, I got this one called Punch It Chewy made by mm-hmm. Jay Wakefield Brewing uh, has an awesome Chewbacca Jay Wakefield Brewing, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's really familiar.
2: That is uh, in the Winwood Art District, right down the street from Cron- Concrete Beach, where um, we hung out with Gardner Minshew and Peter you King. You hung out with Gardner Minshew. I did. You uh, you uh, flamed out on Gardner that's Minshew. That's
0: traffic. There was a two and a half hour wait. You to were get basically Doug Miami Marone
2: brain. saying, no, I don't want to hang out with Gardner Minshew. Um, but yeah, Jay Wakefield's a fantastic brewery, not uh, probably an hour from my house.
1: Yeah. So if you like sour beers, you should check this one out, Heath. Uh, it's called Punch It Chewy. Sour ale with raspberries, pineapples, and oranges.
0: It's very good. I feel like I tried a Jay Wakefield beer down at the Super Bowl, but I could be. I'm sure you did. I'm sure I did at some point. I mean, I, I remember everything about it, but you know, who knows. Um, I had a, uh, oh gosh, what was the name of it? It was the, uh, I, last night I had one of these. It's called the. No, it's not the Santa. It's a, it's a beer with a Santa Claus on it from Noda, but it's the, it's an IPA. The problem is it's not, you know, like I would almost prefer like a winter warmer beer. Instead, it is, it's like a very piney, like it's like, like it's supposed to be like a Christmas tree kind of, you know, theme and flavor. And they get, they go really heavy with the pine. And sometimes I'm feeling that. And last night I was not. I'd had a, and so, yeah. But Nodot generally makes very good beer, and I saw that out there, and I wanted to try it out.
2: So. All right. Yeah.
0: Uh, all right. That is the DFS show. Thanks everybody for listening. Let's get rich this weekend. Make sure and check out the picks feed or the picks show in the podcast tomorrow. We'll have a recap of Thursday night football between the Colts and the Titans. I'm losing my. I try. I almost couldn't type Keenan Allen earlier. I was like Kyle. That's how bad we're going to be. I need a bye week. It's so important.
3: See you guys later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better.